This is the Vinyl Community Podcast. Welcome back, everybody who is watching at this point and who will be watching at later points. This is our weekly show, live stream, presentation we do for Vinyl Community Podcasts and just some freestyling. I am Concert Buddy, joined per normal by uh, David over at Safe and Sound Texas Audio Exclusion. Dave, how are you doing today? Great. How are you? Loving life. Loving life. I cut my grass. Looks like it's about to rain, so I, I beat Mother Nature. Always a tree. And also join this evening. <laughs> I can make a joke, but I'm not going to make a joke by the one, the only, Arnaldo over at Fidelios. What's going on, pal? Hey, what's up, Chance? Hey, David. Good to see you. Same here. Good to see everybody, and good to see everybody joining us in the gallery. Happy to get on. We didn't. Uh, it's been it's been two weeks, so it's been a minute. As funny as last week, a couple people just innocuously just sent me messages like, "Where's the live stream?" <laughs> so like, okay, so I, I guess uh, I guess there's a demand, or they were criminally bored. So either way, appreciate the sentiment. But we've got a couple of interesting questions, and I'm going to send out the invite. Usually. Since we've got a couple seats to join, usually when we do this, we do like the first hour-ish. We kind of have like a formula, some questions we kind of talk through. But we've got a couple open seats, so I, I sent out the bat signal. If anybody wants to join us, feel free. But we'll go ahead and kind of launch into – well, first of all, since, since we have a little bit of a runway, because we only have like two questions to kind of digest, uh, apparently the topic du jour in the community is the speaker's corner situation. So, so, David, I'm going to kick it off with you because you did a video on the topic today. What latest development in Speaker's Corner Saga? I'm going to try to brand it. We'll come up with it during the show. The Speaker's Corner Saga. Yeah, well, I see that uh, Chad Cassim uh, has released a video about it as well here very not long ago tonight. So, um, basically, and I say this because Kai Seaman was on my uh, channel late in November, or early November last year. And we talked about the label and, you know, he's struggling to get licenses of new material for a variety of reasons. Mainly, they don't let tapes go. And Kai's business model is I only use original tapes. That's it. So that really constrains what's available to him. And now with them not letting him out as much, it's even more difficult. So he didn't have any new albums at all in the pipeline for this year. And, and up to date, to date, he hasn't gotten any. So he's kind of living off the licenses that he has and uh, the existing arrangements. So the, uh, yesterday on Steve's channel, somebody had received an email about something about the speaker's corner maybe going out of business. And when you and say Steve, like, not to cut you off, Steve Westman, sorry, sorry, right? Steve, Steve Westman, Westman yeah. at uh, Audio Files, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did a midweek uh, roundtable. Uh, yet to see a roundtable, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> False advertising, Steve. Yeah, Pick it up. Know, Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> It's everything's rectangular or square. Yeah, anyway, so uh, basically it looks like what really has happened is in Germany there's been some change in distribution, uh, and that email probably went out to customers, and that may have implied to some people that, uh-oh, this is the death knell you know, mm -hmm. of it. So I contacted Kai Seaman, who is the owner of Speaker's Corner, by email uh, when I saw that. And I had a response first thing this morning. He's in uh, Germany. He's actually on the waters of Germany. He's on the coast and uh, taking a vacation. I talked to him last Thursday. And so I was like, if this is what's going on, I would have thought when we talked, I would have heard that, right? Sure. So he sent an email. And in my video, I basically basically read it. And he, he said, no, we have no intention of going away, but we're not going to compromise our standards by using non analog original master tapes either so uh, it's kind of like you know over time there is the licenses fade their mm -hmm. available titles will fade but uh, and they'd like to get some more titles but uh, it's more of an attrition thing versus the company shuttering or sure. saying they're not in business anymore and there's 124 titles on acoustic sounds that i pulled up when i said in stock so Nice, nice. Well, yeah. we're joined. We're joined by Novice Nick, my man from Louisiana. How's it going, sir? Greetings. Uh, doing all right. It's Thursday night. Thursday Glad night. Be alive. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Above ground. Just, just got in. I, I was warming up the tubes, and I said, "Let's see what's happening." Got a notification. I said, 
Let's hop on. I haven't been on the airways for a while. So great. Good to have you. Good to see you. And then we've got oh hang on. Now hang on. Are you rebranding? Are you rebranding? I thought I was bringing up Wyoming, Dave. I just did that for you. I just thought do this for you, Chance. You called me Luke Muscle, muscle Man, Dave. Dave. Okay, hey, well hey, listen. Is that a t-shirt or are you wearing suspenders now? <laughs> well, Dave, Dave, thanks for joining us. Good to see you. Don't don't flex too much because we don't want to have this stream taken down for you know obscene content. Right. <laughs> so let's. Well, talk it's too late for that part. No, 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 no. We're pushing the boundaries of taste every time. So. Uh, well, let's go exactly. back to that speaker's corner piece because Arnaldo, I know you were. Were you on that panel? I'm pretty sure you were. Right? Yes, I was. That was yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's your take of this whole situation? I don't. I, admittedly, I'm not a, a speaker's corner consumer, so I. So I'm probably the last person to speak on it. So, what do you think about it? And and is it a surprise that they're kind of taking this route? Um. Well, when it was backstage, um, that one of the panelists um, hinted at that email that David was mentioning. Sure. Um, and it was like, just, I want to say spur of the moment that it was mentioned also during Lovely. the live stream. Yeah. Um, and Steve was um, pretty clear about not having, um, uh, how do you say? Right? Yeah, have a, yeah. Com have a confirmed. Yeah, right. Nate, always Nadine brought it up. And oh, yeah. yeah, always put it out there by saying this is not confirmed. This is something we just learned uh, 10 minutes before going on air. Um, so it was not confirmed. And by saying we were just one. Yeah, Felipe was also on there, too. We're bringing, we're bringing Felipe yeah. up because Felipe was at the scene of the crime, too. And I, I say that yes. Nate Nadine's terrific, by the way. So I, I'm, yes. I'm getting I don't, I don't recall. I don't remember. I don't recollect. <laughs> Wise words. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And I think Dave and I are the only ones that were alive at the time those words were spoken. <laughs> and, and I believe we were only, I believe we were only speculating the fact as to why that could be possible. Sure. Uh, and like David said, it was probably the lack of being able to, you know, the inability right. to be able to license from labels um, yeah. the master tapes. So for me, uh, you know, really nothing changed from what he like told me in November. And like I said, having just talked to him Thursday, I was like, how could this be? You know, it just really was shocking. But I understand there was a reason for it with the distribution change. And uh, there was a catalyst for the concern, I guess. Yes. Felipe, Felipe, since you were there at the scene of the crime, and, and, and I understand you were doing you were doing since that uh, program aired. You've also been trying to reach out and get some confirmation. So, what is your what is your current in the moment understanding and thoughts on the Speaker's Corner Saga? I'm trying to brand it Speaker's Corner Saga. We'll call it SCS. Um, Let's do it. I, my view is very like cynical. I, I think uh, at the end of the day, someone's going to be selling more titles, or flippers are going to be making more money, and that's what. <laughs> And the world's going to keep turning. It's, it's true. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I mean, they're not. If they went out of business, which I think is really cool what they do, but labels are taking over. So if they're not doing yeah. it, someone else is going to be pressing the same titles. And and again, it's just over and over. One thing I was chatting with some some folks in my my groups. I'm a moderator of some 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 groups, some Facebook groups. And uh, I, I threw the idea. I think. Uh, oh, I, I didn't sell it to Arnaldo. But you know, let's reissue some new stuff. I mean, how many, how much more Led Zeppelin, Steely Dan, or Beatles do we need? Wait, 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 wait! Did I miss a Led Zeppelin announcement? What? No, 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 no. <laughs> how much, yeah, how I much, know. How much more of those stuff? Are you gonna hear like a, a new like bell somewhere there? Oh yeah. I, mean, I, I was just saying, one of my favorites, early '60s. Uh, the the records sound like crap. Let's do a decent James Brown reissue, for example. Yes. Very good call there. Right? So why do the same thing over and over? What's the difference? Uh, well, it, it, it's looking for the easy money, the low hanging fruit, and I think we, exactly. I think they need to stop doing that. They need to start putting out stuff like Felipe says that's not out there yet. But there's a lot of great titles. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, absolutely. I agree with you a thousand percent, Felipe. Well, this Nick, you raise a good point, and, and and guys, tell me what you think about this. Do we think the calf is getting too fat? And what I mean by that is that the music industry is very cyclical, mm -hmm. and and sometimes, 
<laughs> and some and sometimes uh you know like the, the obvious like you're kind of calling out nick is like there's an appetite for other things mm -hmm. sometimes it's just easier the movie industry does this too sometimes it's just easier to go in known properties less stress mm -hmm. you pull the licenses is this and and, and and the reason I bring this up, guys, is because, you know, going back to the sound of vinyl sale and some of these sales that are starting to just get thrown at us left and right. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's a lot of product out there that's not moving as fast as as people would think, hope or aim for. So, uh, Felipe, we'll start with you. Do you think that we're kind of in an interesting period? Is this the bubble that we've been hearing for years is going to is going to burst or is this just kind of like a little blip of kind of a, a recent? I think it's, a, uh, it's an adjustment. I don't think it's a bubble. I think bubble bursting happens fast and it goes down really quick. Yeah. I, I think there's an adjustment because uh, we had like very like two to three very atypical years. People yes. like sitting at home with a lot of money and willing to spend and FOMO. Um, I think now people are really going to focus on what they like, what they want. And they're going to buy a little less because also they're going to start traveling, going to a restaurant and doing this and doing that. Right. So I'm not going to spend like a thousand dollars on records anymore by month. Right. Spend 300, which is still yeah. a lot, but you yeah. know, just a hypothetically speaking. So I think it's, it's a readjustment. Uh, industry is going to shrink numbers. I don't think we need to press like 10,000 one steps, 10,000 uh, still then 45. They don't need that. Like three, 5,000 is good. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Most things are sitting on the shelf. They're not selling. I mean, you do 3,000 Bob Myers, they sell out. So that was new. That was fresh. Again, let's move on. You know, Arnaldo. It's, fu it's funny because I was I was at uh, Newberry Comics over the weekend, and they had one steps discounted. I think one of the eagle on the border was discounted to eighty dollars. Mm. Considering that they typically mark them up. When you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Newberry uh, Comics chain. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. They retail their retail for a for a one step is one forty nine, I believe. Mm, so they yeah. already mark up the markup. Yeah. yeah. So them offering at oh, wow. seventy nine is a huge, you know, um, markdown. Uh, and others were marked down to one nineteen, which kind of like is what you're you would be paying if you buy it from anybody else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but there were some that were there were they were at a hundred. So um, I did notice that even. A, a smaller chain like Newberry Comics is having a bit more difficulty um, moving that type of product. Yeah. Did you? Did, did any of you guys get an email along this line uh, from Music Direct and or Mobile Fidelity just checking to make sure that you wanted pre-orders? I thought that was a very interesting move. Now, partly, I think it was a little probably overreaction or just making sure after all MoFi Gate because they did that on some other pre-orders I had. But, you know, I pre-ordered all the Van Halen. Like, I have a pretty decent-sized pre-order list that I held cool. on to, mainly because I was worried that the price would go up. So I was kind of wanting to lock in price and have the ability to cancel if I wanted to, as opposed to canceling outright because I'm so mad. And then they'd take the price up, but who knows. So do you think that that has something to do with this kind of like, uh-oh, we've got inventory coming out of our ears? Is, is this them just kind of being like, hey, if anybody's going to cancel, we want to see it up front as opposed to right before we're getting ready to ship. David, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think they, I mean, if you didn't, there's not a legal issue anymore of those because you, you had to buy in between a certain amount of time up until Jan, July 27th, I think, last year. So mm -hmm. it's, it isn't that. It's really uh, just, it's, it's, it isn't, I think, an attempt to increase some degree of customer service to kind of be upfront and transparent, <laughs> you know, it's their way, I think, of trying to do that. So, what can everybody hold, everybody hold up your mobile fidelity law yeah. paperwork if yeah. you have it? <laughs> I, 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 did, I did it online uh, this weekend. Oh, you already, uh, Felipe? Of course you did. Wow, you got you guys already got me beat. I haven't even started. <laughs> I sleep with mine. Oh, no. What are you guys talking about? All right, Wyoming Dave, you're buying you're buying beers after this because uh, you're the only one without the paperwork. That's it. Yeah, I, know. Yeah, yeah, I, know. I, I canceled all of my pre-orders a year ago, mm -hmm. um, so they're not really sending me any emails about confirming. Uh, that's funny. Well, along those lines, though, I mean, I know we're kind of making a joke about this, but, um, you know, there's there's new pressing plants literally breaking ground, being built like as we speak. You know, Vinyl Me Please, uh, Mobile Fidelity. <laughs> are, 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 is, is this going to be a sunken cost? I mean, surely, surely there's enough 
capacity and need for capacity still to spread it around. But you know, some ambitious projects, they were putting shovels to soil and now we're starting yeah. to see this glut. I mean, this, this could be, this could be painful for uh, some companies. What do you think about that, uh, Nick? Uh, well, I, I think there's going to be a, on their part, a reevaluation of their price point. Uh, there's going to be more competition for the dollar. There's going to be more records on the market. Hopefully, there'll be a larger variety. The money will, will be there for the new plants. I just think they need to reevaluate $40 records versus a more practical number. A, a lesser number, let's face it, will will turn more units. Of course. I mean, we well, we, we say, of course, but, you know, we're, we're in it pretty deep, but oh, uh, to, to bring up a name, McDonald's, Burger King, all those, their, their margins are very small. They're buying in mass quantities, but they're, what they're making on per sale is minimal, but they're counting on numbers. And, uh, and if it's made the way they show it on the sign, raise your hand if you've ever seen a real life picture of what's on the sign in person. That's what I thought. But <laughs> but I, I'm just saying if if they'll bring down their their what they're making per unit, uh I would buy more more units. Uh you know, if I can buy uh five records for a hundred dollars versus four, well I'm not I'm gonna buy the four because I only have that amount to spend. So I think if they reevaluate that, those that are putting shovels in the ground will be okay. And those will force the other companies to reevaluate and bring down these $150, uh, you know, one-offs, yeah, uh, well, you know, so, because I think that I'm sorry, packaging and all that, that's just too much money for a record. I, I mean, you only get so good. And, and then, then you're, you're invading on the area of people that are doing tape. If you, if you're really going to spend that kind of money, then you're, you're infringing on people. They're going to be saying, you know what? I can get the best quality on tape and I'll just go over there and why bother with this turntable and the disc. Arnold, uh, we're going to pipe in there. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to add, I mean, it's a much more complicated um, uh, scenario when you're talking about uh, companies that are licensing um, masters to produce these audiophile releases versus what Rhino's doing right now <clears throat> because they're a major label. There's an added cost to the person that's, the, to the label that's licensing um, these masters in order to be able to provide the audiophile releases mm -hmm. in addition to the higher quality manufacturing costs that come into play. Because mm -hmm. let's face it, they typically do, you know, um, much better, um, vinyl quality. They go to the premium pressing plant. They they use uh, uh, <laughs> tip-on jackets like the Staunton type jacket. So, if you're talking about exactly it, the price point, yes, you make more, you can lower the price. But whoever's licensing, like Acoustic Sounds or MoFi, they're also bound by the fact that they need to make a certain amount in order to pay off for the license sure. that they acquired. Sure. Yeah. So they're kind of like stuck between a rock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, that's why I can see them shooting for 10,000, 15,000, maybe what is it? 20 for Asia. I forgot how much. How it was 20,000 for Miles Davis, right? The, the kind of blue or it was, it was obscene numbers. So they're calculating what they need, how many units at what price point, at what cost are they going to be able to make money? Mm -hmm. uh, because no one's in the business of breaking even, right? No matter how right. much you music. <laughs> well, sure, it, it's similar to franchise fees with with the you know. No, but I, the, what I'm saying is, as opposed to a major label that like um, Universal, they control the Blue Note catalog, the Tone sure. Poets. Same thing with Rhino. What they're starting to do now. Um, they don't have licensing fees. So for them, they could do economies of scale mm -hmm. because yeah, let's say they'll produce more, their manufacturing costs will go down and they mm -hmm. could target a certain price point. Yeah. Um, yeah. That 
it it's not as simple when it's an audiophile re-release label. That's all I'm trying to say. You're, right. There's two well, I, get, I get what I get what well, you're saying, and it is two different markets. It, it's two different people you're going after, also. Mm -hmm. You know, there there's a variety of purchasers out there in the market, and mm -hmm. you know, yeah. some people want to cap capture the elite brand, and some want the middle brand, and you know, is the quality of the vinyl and this music yeah. that much different to warrant such a big amount? That's up to the listener, right? You know, and, and answer, their economy. To answer Jazz Bums, um, yeah. Mike so Jazz Bums, Mike, Jazz Bums, Mike has a great question. He said, "Can we cut the cost by using lesser weight vinyl? I don't need 180 grams." And frankly, the cost between 140 and 180 is not that much. No, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not even 50 cents. Sure. So uh, there's a. So Jack White gave a great interview on uh, Rick Rubin's podcast a few months ago. Actually, Neil Young was recording his record with Rick. He, he stepped in, spoke a little. But uh, Jack was talking about how what it takes to building a pressing plant, buying presses and everything. Sure. So the only thing that we don't lack, and there's a lot in this dirty, cheapest vinyl, that's not a problem. Right. But, but, but I think uh, coming on the pricing and labels, I mean, labels figure. We can step in, do the same thing. as So we cut the middlemen, which are the independents, right? Uh, plus, they can uh, control the prices much easier. Uh, correct. And um, can, so, can I add one yeah, thing into that point yeah. right there? Yeah. yeah. Nobody's going to buy, or very few are going to put up with a lack of service. Yeah. I mean, not being told that you know outside of we got your order, and that's the last you hear about it till a month later when it shows yeah. up on your doorstep. And because then you're thinking, okay, what if it comes in damaged? I can't get a hold of these people. There's no phone numbers. And I'm talking Rhino, Dead.net, and I'm sure there's several others that there's no getting a hold of them. That's the end. You're I mean, done. Universal. Look at the Universal websites, right? Yeah, you have no hope of any recourse. I just spent $35 on a record that's no good. And I might as well just throw it out into the river because. I don't know if I'll ever get a hold of these people. Yes. Well, you know, here's, what you, here's what you do, I, Nick. When, you, when in doubt, no, when in doubt, you go to Canada because one, Canadians are generally nice, and two, <laughs> to bring up that no, to bring up this is funny you said that because this customer service stuff. When it comes to that Rhino's cars reissue, not to go off on a tangent here, but I stayed away from it because I saw the videos. That's David Bianco's, I think, first to market to show his uh, shootout on it, but. The, the packaging was subpar. I mean, everything. I, I got another. I got that the new Janelle Monet. Packaging, yes. Yeah, the shipping packaging is bad. I got the new Janelle Monet. It was packed the same way. No padding. The, the, the terrible Uline mailer. I'm not going to yeah. do that whole shtick here. But but the long yeah. and the short is I did not buy. Yeah, I did not buy that that copy, even though I heard it was great. Until I, I, I read in the deep the interwebs, the dark web on the Hoffman <laughs> forums, and they and they and there were people buying it from Rhino slash Warner Canada. Who are getting a completely different packaging, and that's so that's the route I went. Arnaldo took advantage of Felipe. I know we talked about it too. Um, and you and, can still and, buy and, them there. I just checked. The mailer, the mailer was much better. Oh, you got so you did get yours then? Yeah, 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 I got I got it, and the mailer was much better. It was almost I don't know if I threw it out. It was almost like um like a acoustic sounds one. See, if it wasn't for FOMO. We would have the power in our hands to just say, okay, until you fix your packaging, we're done. Ideally, and, ideally, I hear you, and, and, and trust me, I'm a very principled guy when it comes to that stuff. Nope. Here's the problem. There's so much competition for these titles that it, 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 it's like widgets to yeah. these labels. FOMO. Right, yeah. And so yeah. I didn't buy them, but guess what? 5,000 other people. Well, that's not true because I still got them in Canada. You know what I mean? But there was still, whatever the allotment was, if they did a 60-40, however they split the, the 5,000, if there was right. 5,000, um, you know, the U.S. went quick. And Canada, like David said, I mean, if you still want to buy them, they're still out there. Okay. In Canada. Can Canadian dollars, 55 Canadian dollars. And if, you, and if you look hard enough, wink, wink, there's a coupon code that'll make it net out to yeah. basically what you would have paid from the state. So, yeah, I didn't have to look that hard. I found it pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you use the, the code because it's 30 Canadian dollar shipping. 
Yeah, use the code. Trust me. Trust yeah, me. Then, then it's going to break even. Yeah. All right. Enough Enough of this hardball stuff. We came in here with some pre-prepared stuff. So I know our guys on the bottom, since you're joining us late, if you want to chip in on these things, I'd love to hear your feedback. But, you know, we tried to do a little bit of a scripted show for the, for the podcast part of this. So we threw out a couple questions in advance, and I'll say them. So if you guys want to, on the bottom want to kind of digest it, feel free. But the questions were this, and I got to switch banners. I'm getting real high tech here. Bam. Look out. So question one was, what should every record collector know? And this is like an advice kind of thing, right? And two, bam, like Emerald, bam, what should every record collector know about? All right, so you guys marinate on that. And we'll go ahead and start with uh, our returning uh, contestants here, David Bianco. Let's go with question number one. What should every record collector know? They should know that when they buy a record, whether it's new or used, they should be cleaning that record. <laughs> oh, there you go. Smart. Wait, I froze. What did you say? I said, uh, whether you're buying a new record or a used record, you should clean it unless you're positive it was cleaned. Let's say the seller said, I always you know, clean it. Yeah. And you still could clean it. But, but I think that's the thing that a lot of people think new records don't need cleaning. And by and large, they do. Yes. 100%. All right. Arnaldo, same question. What should every record collector know? Yes. If, if you had one piece of patented advice, they can be a new collector, old collector. Like this should just be like source of truth, if you will. Music is subjective. <laughs> Only because David says that this pressing sounds better than another doesn't mean that you will like it the way David likes it. Correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I always say on my system to my ears. And that's great. That's a great uh, disclaimer. Yeah. Delightful. All right. So the way I answered that question, and we'll, we'll source the guys on the bottom if you'd like to play on this round, was I felt unless, that – Unless. Can I say just one thing? Feel free. Unless it's a U.S. Uh, – Dark Side of the Moon, which I challenge anyone to tell me that it sounds better than any version, any other version that's out there. It sucks. Like, I think it was like a, I don't know what press I have. It must be an 80s press, an early 80s press. I don't know the original U.S. Dark Side of the Moon, but it's the one that I have is terrible. Yeah. Well, it's so bad that nobody even identifies it as the first press. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we, 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 we ask our guests if they'd like to play on this round, uh, the way I answered this question, what should every record collector know? I've said this before, so I'm kind of recycling my own material here, but I believe Discogs is the best, worst thing that's happened to the hobby. And let me explain. Mm -hmm. Because Discogs, for what it is, in terms of cataloging your, your collection and, and, and being able to look up information, great. Yeah. But I'm telling you, these these hackers, these tweakers, these wankers, I'm borrowing other people's nomenclature here, that have they've ruined this with all these fake listings and, and, and Discog service to what you're talking about, Nick. If there is somebody who works in customer service at Discogs, please show yourself because I, I think I think I think I have a better shot of flying to the moon on a broomstick than getting a Discogs customer service person. So the shadow. Yeah. For, so, so for everything that Discogs is. There's also a lot that this guy not. And also I go in on pricing too, because a lot of people, and I hear this at the record shows now more than ever, is that you'll hear dealers, for example, say, well, the Discogs price is this. Yeah. That is, that is a basis off of what last 10 sold or something like that, that it's it's just averages. Those are just, that is not market criteria. So um, anyway, so I think Discogs for, for the good things it is. <clears throat> Don't 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 hit your horse to that wagon when it comes to the hobby. So, hey, hey Jan, yes, sir. Dave. Yeah, what about, since you mentioned Discogs, what do you think about the? I have a two, two gold mine uh, album price guides. What do you think about those? Are they bad or worse? No, I mean, it, it, I I think there's nothing wrong with them. I think that so the prices change. You should, yeah, the prices change. It depends when it was published, right? It's well, like yeah, the old, it's, 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 yeah, it's like sure. the baseball old Beckett price guys, right? It's all relative to timing of publication. But yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong. There's also one called uh, one of my locals who I thought was stuck in a time machine. He uses something called Rockin' Records. It's this big. It's like an annual thing that's printed out. Um, and, you know, again, teach their own. 
but you'll see it. You'll see it when you're at the stores, when you're at the at the show. The prices are cuckoo Dolores, <laughs> and they're not even worth considering. Then you know that they're they're just on a different plane. So, like like that four hundred dollar record uh, David was showing the other day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, the uh, I'll play along. <laughs> Can I play along with this yeah, game? Yeah, this yeah, sure. Okay. What, what do you think, Nick? So I'm, I'm replying well, to the gallery right now. Yeah. Uh, actually, I have two things, but I'll go with this one first. Uh, that uh, collecting vinyl is for enjoyment and as a hobby. It is not a monetary investment. Okay. If you're buying records to for your 401k, <laughs> you got something wrong with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's just not a investment for your future. It's you know, it, it's it's funny you said that, Nick, because uh, like Felipe was talking about earlier, like during COVID, a lot of the hobby got kind of pumped up on um, kerosene fumes. Yeah, and what I mean by that is, and it wasn't just record collecting; it was sport card collecting. It was any kind of collecting, yeah. right? It was any kind of throwback or any kind of connection piece, video game, all that kind of stuff. Try try to buy a dumbbell during COVID. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I know all about it, Felipe. I, you know what I mean? I mean, come on now, Bash Bros here. But no, but the point is, is that there was a lot of speculation that kind of found its way into record yeah. collecting, and now that you're exactly right because. A lot of people were buying, and I admittedly was doing a little bit of this myself during COVID, buying certain titles you knew you could get a quick return on on eBay or whatever. Taylor Swift, I'm just going to out myself. You can't do that anymore. I see tons of Taylor Swift in my record store. I, I, the market is Miley Cyrus. I saw a ton of Miley Cyrus. So the market correction is, is, is at play. But to your point, Nick, the speculation, it's just not there. Yeah. Well, the, the manufacturer took the flippers out of the market by just keep pressing them. <laughs> you why 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 flip something that's still being pressed every day of every minute of every day oh we got some controversy joe marino is not happy with your comment nick he says f you you just ruined my future <laughs> but, 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 uh, i love you too joe <laughs> but, but, but still still we, we uh we have uh, quality beating quantity in a sense yeah remember when the bull announced the, the the classic series people said the the music matter spice are going to go down it just went up because they're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a few examples, there are exceptions to, to, to the fact. But uh, answering the question, I, I'd say you don't have to have like 15,000, 10,000 records. If you have like 50 records, that's what you like. Listen yes. to what you like. If you're a starter, whatever, I would say the best advice. Stick to what you like. Don't buy what people tell you what to buy just because it sounds great. But, a, but Felipe, that's the danger of the vinyl community on YouTube because there, exactly. there are so many opinions and it, it, you got to find yeah. the ones you trust. And then even those, like sometimes you hear something, I, I'm i sure we've all done it. I'm out myself here. I'm sure yeah. we've all yeah. done it, bought something on a, a recommendation or a little bit of like good reputation. And then how many yeah. times have you played it? Once? Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's that's what's my approach to sending records back to MoFi. I look at my shelf and say, what? I never listened yeah. to it once. I'm sending it back. You need Need to stream it first. Yeah. Make sure you you love the music. Yeah, and exactly. yeah. if you play a record, doesn't make it like get up and air guitar yeah. or something. That, <laughs> don't don't listen to it. I think yep. you're a jazz cool. bum. What are you going to air guitar to? <laughs> oh, oh you'd be surprised. Green and I can see Felipe doing risky guitar, business guitar. business shirt and slapping it. Yeah. Air cello. Think, yeah, but you know, can I? Guess can I it's got to make you excited, I think. I get it. No, I was just trying to excite you. Just yeah. return or just don't buy it, you know? I, I, can I double dip? Go for it, Nick. There's there's one other thing. I think if you're, if you're going to listen to records and enjoy playing them, I think it's paramount that you know how to set up your gear because oh. it will never sound to its optimum. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if you have a high-end setup or a low end or a medium, it doesn't matter how much money you spend on your system. If if it's not set up properly, there's, uh, I mean, it's senseless. I mean, you can get a, a great pressing of a wonderful record and you won't enjoy it as much. If, if you're hearing scratching out of the left channel and you're hearing some really nice sound out of the, out of the right channel, if you don't know how to set it up, what's exactly. the point? Yeah, exactly, Nick. I say, 
let's say you're, you're a beginner, someone says, oh, buy this pressing because we're going to hear this, this, and that. But you, if you have like 100 bucks speakers and a, a, a 100 bucks uh, stylus, they're not going to hear it. Sorry. Right. No, Nick, if you stayed away from that left speaker, you wouldn't hear that scratching. <laughs> it was the record you sent me. No. Oh, wow. No. Oh, wow. Hey, wow. you set him wow. up. For, I got a best friend, and he loves to set me up, and I just pop him out, <laughs> out of the field. Well, well, He'll be I, I, the comedy seller in yeah, Rosita right. uh, this weekend. I did, I did have one other one, and that is well, the yeah. use of the word mint or near mint oh. or minty. <laughs> There is a definition in the goldmine standard. Oh, it's so minty. And you don't, the thing is, unless it was your record, you don't know, you know, because it has to do with where, and there's a huge difference between visual play grade uh, and, and a play grade where you're listening to it, right? right, Versus a visual grade. I mean, I've had records that looked awful that sounded fine and records that looked great that sounded awful. Absolutely. So so that to me, when they got these auctions and, you know, uh, I just, it kind of, I never say the most I'll give something is VG++ if I, if I have listened to it and own it. Sure. But but I will not do that. You're funny, David. I just received the record the other day. I, I took it out and I held it up to the light and I looked at it I'm like, I'm ready to say, okay, who, did, where did I buy this? Because I know this thing's trash. And I dropped a needle on it, and it played perfectly. I was like, what? Yeah. Of course, I, I did clean it, right? it first. Yeah. But no, 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 you didn't. Send me. <laughs> but I was shocked. It really looked trash, but it played through well. Whoever ever played a, a original Blue Notes, in, yeah, that's exactly what Nick saying. It looks horrible, but it plays perfect. Play like a champ. Yeah. That's right. They don't make them like they used to. Isn't that the same? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's go to the second uh, question we had for our, our pre-work here, and that is, what should every record collector know about? And we'll, we'll end with David Bianco, because David Bianco did the extra credit on this one. We, get, we got a visual aid on that. So we'll, 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 we'll start. Arnaldo, why don't you kick it off on this one? What should every record collector know about? I didn't do my homework on this one. It was a oh, for Pete's sake. I, I kept, I kept, I kept thinking as like, well, they should know about discogs, like you, like you mentioned earlier. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, but only in as much as it's a, da- I look at it as a database, right. and yeah. there are like I, I forgot where I was. I think I was record shopping on the weekend. And I overheard a conversation um, that one of the customers was talking with the shop seller about the price. And the guy was like, well, I usually price my, I usually price the records, you know, within the range of Discogs. And he said, what's Discogs? Mm, Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. So that's why I was wondering, okay. I didn't want. I didn't want to turn around when he said that to put him on the spot, but th- that kind of like, I'm like, you're shopping in a used record store. I don't know what, if it. I I can't recall if it was like a fifty dollar record or a two dollar record. Um, but yeah, that came off kind of strange to me. It's like I, that he didn't know what Discogs was and he was in a used wow. record store. I can understand that if you are, you know, walking through Walmart and you pick up a record sure. and. Not to diss any Walmart records, but the target audience that probably is in a used record store, in my opinion, probably is familiar with prices and discogs. So maybe that's all I wanted to say. That's fair. Jazzbone Mike has a good answer. This is one I was actually thinking about. Not my answer. One I was thinking about, he said the dead wax. And what I'm inferring is just knowing the information in the dead wax and what that references. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but I think that's what you're hinting at. But unless you're Patrick that can rattle off the <laughs> yeah. off, you still need to have discogs. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I found a, another great use for discogs. And that is, I have a friend over. I give him my discogs and say, what do you want to hear? Oh, and and you he's able to, to shake. He can just go through it and say, hey, I want to play this one. And I've organized my LPs according to Discog. I did have them done differently. And then I started looking for stuff. I'm like, well, it's supposed to be here. And I was thinking differently that day, and it's not there. So where did I put it? Sure. So I've rearranged them all to Discogs, and now I can find anything in a heartbeat. 
and you know what, Nick? Um, it's very useful for me because my memory has gone really bad lately. Yeah. And yeah. I have bought Ruth. records that yeah. I already have. And yes. now I go back to Discogs. I'm like, do I have this? Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. I look oh, it up. I only have seven copies. I, I don't think I need another. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Felipe, thoughts on this question. What should every record collector know? It's mm, very wide, but I, I think, again, Go about sorry. enjoy the music, for, first of all. Uh, don't worry too much about the origin. It's something that it doesn't. if it doesn't matter to you right now, you know, don't bother. Uh, but Clean your records, very important. And um, I think to enjoy, if, it, if you're not into getting everything, every uh, uh, pressing, every band, just because you have a collect and have, sure. invest in your gear first. Because that, yeah, that, that, that will make your, um, your experience so much different. It makes like a hell of a difference. People say, oh, I got an orthophone red or blue. It's amazing. No, get a black you're going to see what's amazing. You know what I mean? I don't even have a black anymore, but just to say right. how, how different it goes. Well, I don't mean Dave, do you want to pipe in or what should every record collector know about? What would you say to that question? I'd have to ponder on that some more. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to you, Nick, Nick, what do you think? What, what, should every, what, what, what should every record collector know about? What would you say to that question? Well, mine steers more towards the enjoyment of the sound and that would be uh, acoustic knowledge of your room. Yeah. If, wow. if you have never studied anything about acoustics, open a book, open Google, do a li little bit of research. Do your homework. For do your, your homework, room. Arnaldo. Do your homework. <laughs> and there's, there's actually six walls in your listening room. <laughs> A little most people don't. Yes, thank you, sure. David. Yeah, exactly. Left, right, and if it's right. so, if, if you want to draw more out of your mu music, you need to know what acoustics are and how they react. Uh, sound waves are amazing, but uh, a bass wave can go 60 feet. Your room, uh, I'm pretty sure, is not 60 feet, so you'll need to know about acoustics and nulls. So, there's, there's a whole bit. Of research, if you want to actually get the music as it was meant to be heard. Yeah. Friend, so. of the, friend of the show, Louis Goldman, Golden agrees exactly what you're saying, Nick. It's a great answer. Spend money on the room before the system. That's something not a lot of people think about, I, myself included. I mean, I'm already thinking about my next record room because we're in the process of thinking about moving. Right. So, so I'm already kind of resigned to. I'm, I'm actually drowning in records. I've got records all around me, so I know I'm a lost cause for like changing my room at this point, but visions of grandeur with that next room i'm gonna i'm gonna get some of those soundproofing oh, yeah. mechanisms and all that i'm gonna do it right the next time around. Gonna and you don't, i'm gonna do it don't right have, don't yeah. have to spend a fortune doing it i no, mean no, no. it because there's lots of play you can learn how to make uh, uh mm -hmm. bass absorbers or sound absorbers and you know just you know some yeah. of the store-bought stuff may look better i have some stuff that looks rather nice build it myself and mm -hmm. it's very effective Hey, you so, know what? I was yeah. watching that movie, and you guys are going to laugh at me. Remember that movie Hustle and Flow with Terrence Howard where they're in Memphis, the rappers? And those guys were using egg crates to sound. No. They're no. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm – not, I'm not recommending <laughs> But But uh, necessity yeah. is the mother of invention, right? So it doesn't yeah. – your point, Nick. I'm not, I'm not recommending buying a bunch of old egg crates. But, no. but right. you don't need to break the bank to, to – They to tried make, something, sure. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah, and whoop yeah. that trick is what I really want to say. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, yeah, I knew it was going somewhere. <laughs> no, but that is true, Chance. Uh, room is the number one component in any system. Yep. And, uh, and believe it or not, uh, ceiling is one of the makes the biggest difference. Yeah. Yes. Uh -oh. yeah, it's, a, it's a flat, reflective surface. Unless you have a ceiling fan up there, which you should shut off, of course. <laughs> so th this one, may, this, this one, this is a tough one. This is, this is a hot take right here from Caesar. They should also know that if you're using surfactant solution, not to leave it on one floor because it might leak and cause damage. I, I don't know who that's directed at, but I'm just reading. Because <laughs> oh, we have a nice crowd tonight. We have to. We have hey, Chance, to I, I have one, one idea. Do not leave it in one of those 
recycled plastic containers. Yes, public service announcement. If you take because they are made with material that will deteriorate. It's virgin material. It's it's always the best. Just remember that records, plastic jugs. She said. Well, David, I wasn't trying to set you up on that one, but I knew you would take the case. All right, Wyoming Dave, what do you think, though? Well, I just thought of something. As uh, Nick and Felipe said, always have very good stylus needle and good speakers for your record player, for one thing. That's about all I can think of. No, that's fair. That's, that's sage yeah. advice. Now, now the, the Sacktown Ripper is coming in hot. He said, Felipe, I think this is a hot take directed to you. He said, did they teach room acoustic treatment at dental college? Felipe, respond. No, but uh, I did some study on uh, on hearing, Patrick. We can go. We can go over that later. <laughs> they did two things on the roof of his mouth, though. About that, yeah. that was important. But it's all yeah. connected. Never <laughs> make never make your dentist angry. No, I, I think I'd say I, I, I got I got a few papers on hearing. <laughs> all right. So, so before we tee it up for David Bianco's, because uh, David really went out on this, one. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm hyping it up. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and answer this one. I'll jump in and say what every record collector should know about and this one's hard for me because kind of what nick was saying about the fomo is that there's always another copy and i know this flies right in the face of some of my sage advice which is if you've never seen it before that's the time to strike i do fervently believe that however (laughs) when you're looking at i'm making it up if you see that butcher cover and they want crazy money for it like you really got to think about it right there are other butcher covers. There's multiple butcher covers. There's multiple states of, and I'm using that as an example to, to kind of sell the point that there's not too many one of ones. There are opportunities. Like if you see a farm record out in the wild, and you know if you don't want to pay thousand, two thousand dollars, and you can get a G plus copy like I almost did two months ago, and let my friend have it, they you probably should do that. But more often than not, those records, and and I'm. Taking it, I'm taking the words right out of Jason Rojas's mouth. This is his saying: the records will come back around, and that's very true. So, don't don't fall prey to the the FOMO. The records will generally come around, even if they're sold out at one time magically. I've seen this happen on new releases so many times, sold out, and then give it a month or two, and oh, we've got some back stock that we didn't know we had, or you know, you hear all these rumblings, right? But point being is that it'll come back around. So. All right, David, are we ready for this? I don't know. Theatrical? See if technology is going to work here. Are you, well, do you want to present it? Because I can present it to you. You tell me. Why don't you oh, present you, no, it? You can, no, no. I can present the premise. You can do the – right, I was going to present the video file, right? Is that what you're going to do? No, I'll do it. Yeah. Why don't you, yeah, okay, why don't okay. you, why don't you tee so, up? So the, so the question was everything a record collector should know. And I said, well, they should know about the VA. And now that's not the Veterans Administration, but Vinyl – Anonymous, because we really, you know, it's really a drug, and we there's even a 12-step program that's been put together for this. So I've this video has a case study, and then it will remind us of the 12 steps. Hold on to your butts. The Vinyl Holics Anonymous 12-step program. Step one: admitting that one cannot control one's addiction to vinyl. Step two. Coming to believe that mastering engineers can give renewed strength to recordings. Step three. Made a decision to turn our will and our vinyl over to the care of an ultrasonic cleaner. Step four. Made a searching and fearless vinyl inventory on Discogs. Step five. Admitted to ourselves and to other human beings the exact nature of vinyl purchase mistakes. Step six, being entirely ready to put forth efforts to remove all vinyl defects which cannot be ultrasonically resolved. Step seven, humbly ask the VC to accept our vinyl knowledge shortcomings. Step eight, make a list of all records harmed and make amends to the VC. (laughs) Step nine, make direct and public amends to the artists who made those records. Step 10, continue to take a Discogs inventory. Step 11, pray and meditate on becoming a vinyl archivist. (laughs) We're not worthy! We're not worthy! We're stuck! We suck! Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to other vinyl holics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
David, that listen, you put us all to shame. You know, especially especially Arnaldo not doing any homework on this one. I, uh, he, we worked together on it. I'm covered for you. <laughs> that was outstanding. <laughs> Thank right. you, David. That was, was wonderful. Yeah, yeah I saw the question. I just that all just hit me kind of like you know. Nice. I don't know why, but <laughs> that was good stuff. Well, yeah. fellas, I think we've done a nice work on the uh, first part of this presentation. I want to thank uh, our our regular returning champions, David Bianco, Safe and Sound Texas Audio Excursion. Thanks for joining us. Sure. Arnaldo, underscore, Fidelios, underscore frequency. Good to see you as always. Thanks for having me as usual. Or, or, some, or some people say Armando, or, or yeah. Geraldo, or Geraldo. I mean, yeah, it's Geraldo, fidelity, frequency, whatever. Okay. <laughs> well, what's his name in the corner? <laughs> that guy in the corner. And then our, our new contestants. I threw out the bat signal because, well, and I should say this to you. Our friend Jose, unfortunately, had a, a, a death in the family and couldn't join us tonight. So oh, I didn't want to say so publicly, sorry. like I told him privately, like I feel for him. And, and my, my best wishes are with him and his family right now. Great guy. Here. Yeah. But anyway, outside of that, and then Jason Rojas, who usually joins us, he he tried to join us, but he was, I think he was in, in a in a Home Depot gardening department or something. I couldn't tell what was going on, and eating tacos, so I just kind of left it at that, but no, he's a good dude. But anyway, uh, because of those absences, we had some new faces, and, and we'll go into our freestyle portion. This doesn't mean the show's ending, so no one leave, but we're wrapping up the podcast part. So, long-winded way of saying thank you, new guests who joined us, Novice Nick, out of the great state of Louisiana. Thank you. Muscle Man Dave, also known as Wyoming Dave, also uh, not a neo-Nazi. I want to be very clear. We've had some controversy this week where Dave yeah. got into some nonsense. Mm -hmm. And then Felipe, the, the the ass kicker of the jazz bums. Are you are you really a black belt, Felipe? I heard that on one of the streams. Is that true? Yes. All right. Well, guess what? Guess who's not going to mess with you? This guy. <laughs> a dentist with a black belt, man. I was going to say, he'll, 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 he will he'll, break your jaw and he'll then drill you. Your he'll, he'll drill you. He'll kill you. I mean, it's uh, just like. Well, worst case scenario is to have a scalpel, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, we'll wrap it up for Final Community Podcast. Surface Noise coming back at you in two weeks. See you soon. See you next time on the Vinyl Community Podcasts.